All right, welcome to a very special episode of Anyone Can Play Guitar. I'm Nick Kendallsberger. And I'm Austin Diaz. We need to discuss the next season and instead of sort of doing that all behind the scenes, it might be interesting to sort of show what we're going through and the issues that we want to discuss. This is going to be a kind of a weird episode because we're also going to talk about the new Radiohead song. There's a new Radiohead song for the new Kid A Amnesia. Kid what is it? Amnesia. How is it? So there's a new Radiohead song called If You Say the Word. And so we're going to talk about that. But then we also need to sort of get through about like if we're even going to be able to do another season. Because <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, Austin, but Kid A especially has not that many guitars. Uh, no. I mean, if you look back at O'Brien's blog posts about this album... I mean, he's just trying to figure out what he's going to do on the songs, and he can't always figure it out because, like, Johnny's going crazy on um, that, uh, what is that called? Oh, yeah, the I was going to look this up to pronounce it, and I kept looking it up, and then it kept just, it's French, and I can't I can't do it. The on merot The finger waving instrument. Look, we have to look this up while we're doing it. On Smartino. That's what it is. I've got it. On Smartino. On Smartino. You have, to, you have to speak Martino. through your nose. Uns Martinez. <laughs> Can you pronounce it from now on? Porcinare. Uns Martinez. I only know French because I hear it on the train. Oh, right. Because you're kind of in that part of Switzerland where German and French, right, are together. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I'm in Rhineland, so it's more like the French speaking part used to be Alsatian, which was sort of like a French German mix. And it's still, I mean, like they, a lot of them understand German when you go over to Colmar or Strasbourg or something, but, um, it's not the deep French country. You hear a surprising little amount of French here, even though we're right at the border. One thing is that from now on, we're no longer going to be able to definitively say who is playing what instrument on all the songs the drums could be programmed by someone else. Phil might not be there. The bass might be played by somebody else. So Colin might not be there. Right. I mean, at some point, like O'Brien just says, we found out it's best when we just let Phil and Tom bang away at something by themselves for a while. And then like Nigel cuts it together and then we maybe add something in. <laughs> My idea was to reverse the process a bit. What we've been doing is we learn the songs on the guitar, but we mostly don't record them before we talk about them. And actually, I've gone back and forth as to whether or not that's a mistake, because I always learn a lot about the song when I try to record it afterwards. For example, like uh, with I Can't, we have an award named after it. I can't believe how good this song is. But like mm -hmm. as recording it, I was like, I can't believe how hard this song is to sing. It's so high. And you listen to live recordings of that song, and Tom has a hard time with it. This is absolutely right, because when I was recording Lift, I couldn't get it to sound right. I realized that they, you actually have to tune the guitar differently. And uh -huh. then it sounded perfect. And so we didn't even get to include that in the conversation, because we did it afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that we have to do that. And I think that it, the songs need to be more collaborative. Both of us work on them. 
So it could be like I could come up with the bass track and then send it away more back and forth instead of like you do that one, I do this one. Right. I like that idea mainly because you're much better with the drums. And I think that like both of us should work on every song. I like that. That sounds good. So we have to then record all of Kid A. (laughs) Snippets of Kid A. I guess. Yeah. And how are we going to do it? Are we going to like next season is Kid A Amnesiac plus Kid Amnesia? So we're going to have that extra album yeah. and then B-sides, which they apparently are just like, we're not too thrilled with them and they're not including on most of the deluxe versions. There's one version of it that has all the B-sides or no, it doesn't even have all the B-sides. It has some of the B-sides and they're on cassette tape. Yeah, I saw that. There's like, they're only making 5,000 of those. I know, just to screw with everyone. I love it. Um, it is so I mean, funny. Like, if we have a generous listener who <laughs> can help <laughs> us get to- our hands on, I mean, if you like what you're listening to, we probably, we need that cassette. I don't even have a cassette player, so I would have to buy a cassette I do, player. I do, I have oh, like- Oh, you do? Hector has like okay. a little boombox thing that he oh, listens great, to like yeah. children's music tapes on because we don't let him really play with the iPad or the phone yet. And so he mm-hmm. thinks that that's where music comes from and it's fantastic. Okay. I bet that's real high def too, that thing that you let him go around with. I don't understand the new fascination with cassettes. That's that's a very new thing. I, li- uh, I mean, I like cassettes. I mean, because like so much of the music that I liked to listen to, I recorded off the radio with the cassette. Yeah, and then like it just took forever until I had a CD burner and then it just it took so long and you always had that like warbly sound because we didn't mm-hmm. have a very good burner. Kids these days don't understand. <laughs> but we can still interpret the songs the way that we feel comfortable, that it's informative for us. It doesn't really matter how they sound in the end so much as that we are able to break down the music Right. I mean, because I think our angle is not, I mean, there's other podcasts that talk just about the songs and, but our angle is that like, we really learn the songs and then Mm -hmm. talk about what we learn from that process. So I think it's okay. Like, for example, everything in its right place, if it had acoustic guitar, it's not like we're being sacrilegious to the album. No. something very interesting. We have a brand new Radiohead song, sort of. This is from the new deluxe version of Kid A and Amnesiac called Kid Amnesia. So there's going to be an entire disc of alternative versions of songs and completely unreleased songs. Right. Cryptically titled, untitled, one to something like that, right? These could be <laughs> these could be sounds for all we know yeah. <laughs> or, or actually full songs, but the one we're going to talk about today is the one that they've released ahead of time and that is 
if you say the word. If you follow along with Ed's online diary, which he had when he was ma- when they were making Kid A, it was known as the C minor song. But had people heard it before? I don't think anyone had ever heard it. I don't think anybody had any idea what this would sound like. Okay, that is reassuring to me because like I knew about the C minor song and I was like, did I just not dig enough to find a copy of this, a pirated version of this? Because I mean, this song was completely new to me. We should have found it if it was available because I were insane Radiohead fans and I've heard almost everything, but I had not heard that song and I don't think they ever played it live. Okay, so what do you think about it, Austin? You can go first. My God, it sounds so much like Kid A, it's hard to even wrap my brain around it. It just has the atmosphere and the sound of Kid A, but then the song feels like this bridge between OK Computer and Kid A. It feels like this weird strand that you can see the connection between these two albums. And so when they cut it, I I understand why they cut it, but it is so fascinating to see it now because it has both of these characteristics. So it feels more songy, like an OK Computer track, but you can tell that they just went through like half a dozen different versions of it to make Mm -hmm. it sound like it does. For me, it serves sort of the same purpose that Palo Alto did. Palo Alto was like this bridge between the bins and the OK Computer era. And this, yeah, definitely serves the same purpose. It also, especially the vocal line, reminded me a lot of Rabbit in the Headlights. Ooh, that's a good one. That collaboration that Tom does with Ewan KLE. I say mm-hmm. Ewan KLE, other people say uncle. But yeah, but I was, at some point we have to like talk about like all the times that Tom or somebody appears on somebody else's track. Mm, like with Bjork and PJ Harvey. Oh right. my God, there's so many. Okay. Right, there's a lot of them. That was one of my favorite songs um, that I discovered after OK Computer. And then this definitely has those sort of shadings, especially the vote, like I said, the vocal melody that Tom is using and how he's singing, laid back, but still really present and like jumps out and snatches you, like it kind of lulls you a bit. But there's like actually a chorus, which makes it feel not like a Kid A song. I mean, I have to say it took me a little bit with this song, like the very opening, it has these hints of climbing up the walls, it opens the same way. When it opens with that, like, I was like, oh, this is gonna be awesome, right? But after that, like I was immediately happy and then the drum line took me out for a little bit. But I think I was just in the end disappointed with myself because like the more time I spend with this song, the more I like it. And I realized like how much music recently that I listened to, like even, you know, critically acclaimed music is very immediate. Like you don't have to spend that much time with it. Like I've really gotten into this band Big Thief lately. You know, like it's not pop music, but it's still... It's immediate. I mean, like, you, it grows on you in the same way that like Radiohead grows on you, but it's you don't have to sit with it and not, maybe not like it for a little bit before you like it. But so you're saying that this is a grower. Can I tell you something really interesting about it? What? Well, it's called the C minor song. Did you realize that the finger-picking part is a C minor that runs through the entire song? That part never changes. Yeah. It's confusing when you try and play along. It is very confusing when you try to play along. You realize like, oh, I'll learn that finger picking part. And then it never changes. Yeah. (laughs) It goes through the whole song. That's why it's called the C minor song, because it's a C minor that runs through the whole song. Right. 
It's not like they couldn't come up with an idea for the name of it at first. This is an experiment where we're going to place a chord that is the connective tissue of the whole song. I figured this out this morning. I've just been waiting to tell you the whole time because I, I just don't. It's so exciting. Yeah, they have so many songs that are kind of revolve around C minor, but they sort of pedal it like Paranoid mm-hmm. Android is a big C minor song. But yeah, this one, like it doesn't pedal, it doesn't go out of the key. They can't do that because they're having that C minor picked through the whole time. So there's a lot more minor chords here. I do have trouble with the timing of the chorus, but I mean, I guess I've only had a few days here to to really play with it. When you're talking about the chorus, you mean that like... That part. <laughs> yeah. Like, because the B flat to the C minor is kind of not boring, but like not exciting. You know, like, if you say the word, if you say the word. I play with the capo, by the way. I just like capoed it up. Like you said, this song is definitely a bridge between Kid A and OK Computer. But uh, also here, like, especially when you strip it down to the just the acoustic version, like. You know, like that. It's an influence that actually is, I read about a long time ago, but we haven't mentioned yet, and that influence is Neil Young. I read somewhere that Tom recorded EP by himself and sent it off, and somebody like wrote back, like, hey, we like this, we might not pick it up, but you sound a lot like Neil Young. Hmm. And Tom hadn't actually listened to Neil Young, so we went back and listened to it, and then that he said that that really influenced his style. It never really struck me until playing this song. Like, if you strip down that all of the atmosphere, so interesting. it's a Neil Young song. Wow, I hadn't connected that. You can hear this as being just an acoustic song. It reminded me a little bit of The, the Needle and the Damage Done. Mm-hmm. Needle and the Damage Done has that, like, mm-hmm. E sus 4 to E change. Mm-hmm. Like on Paranoid Android at the chorus section. And I was like, ah, that's where that came from. I think he got it. I think he has it from Neil Young, because Neil Young actually does it in a few songs. Yeah. What's your favorite Neil Young album? Harvest. I'm sorry. Harvest? Okay. Sort of boring, but Harvest. Ooh, I love um, Rust Never Sleeps. Also a good one. That's my favorite. And Tonight's the Night. I, I do like After the Gold Rush. I love Neil Young. 70s Neil Young I have I can talk about forever. Yeah, I mean, this is a song that you can tell they just, they worked really hard on it, and it is almost there. It do, I mean, it doesn't fit at all on either Kid A or Amnesiac. I mean, I haven't listened to Amnesiac yet because I'm not a cheater. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just thought it was this whole project so we could just kind of <laughs> dig in. I just feel like this would have been a pretty excellent B-side that they just decided not to release. Because they were just like done with it. Yeah, I mean, but you can even hear in the, or not hear, but read in the blog. I mean, they, it's it's too poppy. I mean, like, you know, it's not it's not that poppy. But it's like not Ed, that poppy. Ed, Ed <laughs> writes about how it's really slick. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just not what they're doing in the end with Kid A or Amnesiac in my memory. And, and there's nowhere that it would go in the sequence of either of those albums. I foresee that we're going to have a fight as to which one of those albums is better. I'm 100% on Team Kid A, but I really liked listening to Amnesiac. So 
I have to listen to it again, but uh, yeah. I'm team amnesiac. Oh yeah, no, I, this is I know this about you for a long time. <laughs> You're that um, kid that likes amnesiac. Do we do we want to talk about the words at all? It's like one of the more literary openings that I've kind of had with them so far. I mean, like in a, when you're in a forest out of your mind, opposite branches breaking arms, um, I'm pretty sure that that's Dante. And the, it's the forest of the suicide. The suicides where like you have to break the branches before they talk to you. Like if you committed suicide, then you become a tree in, the, in hell, in the forest of the suicides. It's kind of based also on the forest of mourning from the Aeneas, where like they just can't talk. And it's not specifically suicides, but people who died from heartbreak. Also, in in your in the forest, that's how it opens, right? That's how the inferno yeah. opens. Yeah, totally. Lost in a forest, dark. And then you're stuck in rainbows, which is fascinating. That <laughs> this is already coming up. I didn't know that. Like when it when the album in rainbows come came out, he said it was like a phrase that kept coming up in his journals. From around this time, I still don't really know what he means by it. It makes me think of Pink Floyd a bit, and I don't think that they want you to think of Pink Floyd. I don't know if they're okay. the best. I don't think they're the best friends, the two bands. No, not now. Roger Waters is, you know, his own force of nature, I guess. <laughs> Specifically related to Israel, but. Right. Do you have anything about the second verse? The buried in rubble 60 foot down or 60 feet down. I think it's just because of the anniversary last Saturday of 9-11. I mean, but this was written before 9-11. So I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, like, you have 60 foot instead of 6 feet. You know, like, 6 feet is always, like, you're in the grave. But I wonder what, under what rubble he is talking about that the person is buried 60 feet down. Um, I love it when it comes to the, when you change your friends, like, changing your clothes, which is not the most original thing. Mm-hmm. But then that's the whole verse. <laughs> Right, and then it just stops. Yeah. (laughs) And so there has to be some kind of like unintentional meaning maybe, or like just let that hang there for a minute Mm -hmm. for people to see. It could be like, oh, well, he forgot to put in more words or something. But I think that's very intentional, and I think it works there. After that, that then the chorus changes, right? Because like up until here, it's been like, if you say the word, if you say the word, like C minor, right? But then Mm -hmm. the last chorus, like... If you say the word, if you say the word, mm. to F minor. Yeah. I, I feel I find that that's a nice, subtle change. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't hear it unless, I, I didn't hear it until I started learning it on the guitar. At the beginning, he's kind of hitting the same note a bunch, and I like it how on the second verse it doesn't do that. When you forget how lucky you are. And he hits like the low note finally. Or it just feels very good to finally break away from that pattern that he had. Well, he does the same thing in Rabbit in Your, in Your Headlights, where it's like he starts out with repeating the same line for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then as the song goes on and like the production gets more complicated, he varies it ever so slightly until you kind of like climax with like really lots of variation. It's like consciously making the song more interesting as it's going, but you have to stick with it. Um, okay, well, I'm really excited to have this song. It is one of those things where they're still doing this 20 years after they have just random songs lying around that are this good. One question is, do you think this is the old recording? This sounds like the old recording, right? I Maybe mean, because like with the new ones on the OK Computer B-sides, like Lyft and stuff, they recorded them again. This doesn't sound like that, right? It doesn't sound like that, but I don't... 
They could have done that to us. <laughs> they could have. I know it's easy to hear it, though, in the okay, not okay, or there's something weird that they just screwed up. But this sounds, it sounds like how it was recorded, too. That's what's so weird. But, but yeah, no, I can't wait to see the, you know, deluxe edition or whatever. I can't wait. I'm going to lose a lot of money. I know. (laughs) All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsberger and Austin Diaz. (laughs) 